So hi, Robert. After five minutes break, now the second part of the show about uh, yeah. about web. And uh, we stop with interesting discussion, you know, React Web Components or Angular. And um, so just to introduce uh, the, the listeners. So I did, so I hated JavaScript. Also, the, my, my story was um, I had to use JavaScript. And basically what I started with is just uh, uh, using some uh, event listeners to, for, for visual effects. This was the start, and you had to do it. Otherwise, it was impossible back then without... CS CSS was not a thing, so you had to do everything with JavaScript. And then um, there was Web 2.0, and my clients were really into Ajax, and I look at that, and then I thought, you are all crazy. You mean, it, the code, I would... Not even, you know, scoping is working there. It was everyone is excited about JavaScript, and for me, it was worse than... GWT and uh, RCP combined. So I was, uh, I would rather do you know uh, GWT inside Eclipse RCP before I touch JavaScript. So this was my personal opinion. So I really liked Swing. So this was the difference between us, Swing and AWT. Yeah. And I didn't like SWT because the the programming this was like very low level C like structure. So I didn't like that. So and um, and then what happened is uh, three years ago. I got you know keep asking question for my clients should we do JSF or not and and uh, JavaFX was uh, dropped by Oracle so I was okay this is a, a little bit problematic for larger companies there are only you know smaller companies which care about about the support and then um, ES6 happened so 2015 and for me then changed everything because this is for me like Java so if I look at the code for me is actually it looks like uh, JavaScript and And then there is MDN, Mozilla Developer Network. If you look at that, this is like JCP. So you find everything in one place. It's okay, way to go. So actually, now it's time to start with web. And uh, the only thing is there is uh, no template. So there is HyperHTML and LitHTML. And with that, we can build serious applications. So And, and the last uh, show, you told me uh, you're also using LitHTML and you don't like React because uh, you are with more flexible with web components. And this made me curious because uh, I actually like React. Um, I did some projects, I would say, three years ago, so before uh, the web components were available everywhere. So I did a little bit of React, and I have to say what I'm doing right now with uh, without any frameworks. And back then with React, was very similar. So my uh, web component code looks almost like a React code. So <clears throat> now um, you told me you spent one year with Angular. So uh, was it Angular JS yes. or Angular New? So the two no, zero the, plus. The, the Angular second, yeah, yeah. Uh, the second edition of Angular. And and, and, you, um, and you already uh, start uh, and you know the old one, Angular JS. I made a hello world, but I didn't know it. Yeah. So so yeah, I have to I, I have try. to I have to out myself. I really like the old one. So the Angular JS for me it was uh, understandable. So it was like. You did the hello world, so I have to remember how it worked. So it was like you had a view in the controller, and you can add at the scope some fields, and they were rendered on the view, which made it very similar to JSPs. So for me, JSP was like you know Angular in browser, something like this. And um, yeah. so yeah, exactly. And Angular two, I started with that, and I say you are all crazy. So like there was not, it was complete different. Think and what struck me again is everyone loved Angular 2, and I was one of the few who said okay, so questioned everything, and which 
Make it worse is the dependency injection modules, exports, imports. It reminded me, you know, the old uh, enterprise days. This was, <laughs> as I saw Angular, I had the same feeling what you got, you know, in the J2E course at, at the university. I look at that and I say, okay, why, why I have to use dependency injection in browser? Now, what was your experience with Angular? One year with Angular. One year with Angular. At the start, like, I think I'm really naive because if I now um, recap my my ARX session with you, at the beginning, I liked every technology. <laughs> so it, the same was with Angular. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked it, and I really liked the fact of dependency injection. I think, yeah, that's all great. And then it changed when it didn't work anymore because I, I can't remember how exactly it's done, but you have to initialize the, the injection point on different levels of, of the, the application. I can't remember. And if you did it on the wrong level, it didn't work for a part you were using it. And then it started, I, I, I start questioning myself, do I really need all this stuff? And to be honest, no, because all the application I told you before I have done were really simple, like mm -hmm. normally always a master detail. So I have a, a database, a relational database. I uh, display all the entries. I click on one entry, edit it, save it, delete it. So uh, there is no work uh, that has to be done on the client side. And yeah, also the maintenance work of this uh, Angular application was really hard, really hard. If a new people, new developer were joining the team, they had uh, really hard to, to get used to it. They love that it uh, looks like Java, but uh, the same uh, before with uh, GWT, it's a different behavior. You have a lot of uh, asynchronous calls. And I, like before, I think that's the hard part of all. The syntax is not that hard to learn. Yeah, maybe for JavaScript with the prototypes, <laughs> it's like Lisp at the end, you have to add these brackets. But uh, yeah, so I started hating Angular. Also, um, uh, one question. Their, but if uh, the application was that yeah. simple, why you spend one year with it? So you said you spend one year with Angular, but it, oh, the, the application was simple. There, there were uh, the the company was the, this. Um, they were scanning the in Switzerland. You can choose your insurance health company by yourself. Okay. They are a big difference every year. Mm -hmm. And what this company was doing, they get the, the invoices from your doctor. You send them to them and they scan it and they analyze it with OCR and different kind of OCR levels and then send it to the insurance companies with metadata. And we made the integration of the system. Like we have a lot of services. They are independent from each other. The, the, the scanner have their own life cycle and these OCR services have their own life cycle. Then the insurance companies have their own um, interfaces. And so there are a lot of parts who are not under our control. And so we did uh, between every of these um, uh, interfaces and services, we did a, a small service by ourselves. And we do the, the integration for the system. And the system needed as well um, uh, a UI. And I think there were like, at the end, there were two or three UIs. And this UI were made with Angular. And this was the next point. Like, uh, it was really hard that these two independent services, UI services, uh, look similar to each other. It was really hard to, to extract these components. Angular was always telling about their great modularization, but 
this was also the time of microservices. Everybody was talking about microservices. And then you have these big Angular application in front of every your small microservices because you couldn't split up your big monolith. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't get it there. So it, it was really hard. We split it up and we made two or three complete independent uh, Angular services. But then it was really hard to keep track on the, the changes of the UI. If I change the button, I have to do it on both sides. Then we created libraries, but you still have to think about updating it and on every side. So yeah, it, it wasn't that fun. I thought when I first heard about this modularization, I thought I, I could uh, use these um, components in different microservices in self-contained services, but it's not, yeah, the modularization wasn't made for that. So yeah, that was the reason because uh, I didn't just only implemented uh, this Angular application. It was uh, a lot with this integration application as well. Okay. The communication, yeah. And when when was it? But, roughly? Uh, uh, Seventeen, not that okay. long ago. And and you yeah. said you attended my Angular workshop, and then you got the idea to implement with Angular. So was it no, I, no, I I never I never attended your Angular workshop. No. Yeah, because no. the Angular uh, workshop back, were, back. Were, were interesting. So uh, I did some workshops at the airport Munich, and what I did is the fir the first day was uh, Web Standards, the second day were yeah. React, and the last day was Angular. And this was a huge mistake because there were some attendees who yeah. attended all three days. And at the last uh, last day, they couldn't believe. They say, uh, are you crazy? So I was like, no, this is Angular. It's like, why are you showing you this? Like, because you, you wanted to see, to, 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 to see Angular. And then I just, you know, uh, canceled the Angular workshops because it's always the same, you know, the same story. As I try to you know, install Angular, sometimes the wireless LAN broke because uh, every attendee had to, you know, download <laughs> 25,000 JavaScript files. And um, this was only unique experience in Angular. All other workshops worked perfectly. There just was a problem with Angular. And at the uh, recent uh, recent air hacks, there was one guy in the front from Finland. So I told the story. You you also attended the air hacks. And someone from the entity said, "Could you please uh, show us, you know, the code generation, like the ng new component?" And what I did, um, npm update, I think, and I got the newer version of the uh, uh, generator overnight and this didn't match the angular version so and there and what happened then is the http communication with the backend didn't work and we the entire you know air hacks workshop uh attendees we tried to debug the error and the guy from finland found found the problem that the version doesn't match but i was okay i was really sweating so usually everything worked you know and and with very trivial code generation, everything broke. Yeah, but I think that's the big problem of uh, web development. Like um, the second application I did with React, and there we are using, be behind the scenes React is using Core.js, I think. Mm -hmm. And now if we are building something, there comes a message from Core.js, like, please support Core.js, we need your help. Mm -hmm. I'm the core developer of Core.js and I'm searching for a new job. And I was, okay. If I'm in charge of this project, I would be really scared if I read something like this. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I'm this the author. This is on purpose, here. you know, on and, purpose. Uh, this is like, you know. Uh, but and, and, I, I, if you, uh, I, I don't get it. If it, uh, if we talk about the back end, oh, you, you need support from Red Hat. And I, I remember when Red Hat was bought by IBM, they, they panic. Like, do we still get support for all this stuff? And I was sitting there and was thinking, okay, but you have like, uh, JavaScript libraries written by one guy who is searching for a new job and you don't care. So no problem. But uh, yeah, a big company is buying another big company and you are really scared about your 
your support. So I think that's really crazy. Nobody cares about this. Also, you show the the only committer from China from Vue.js. Yeah. So I didn't know this, so this is a good example as well. But uh, in our case, yeah, there is uh, every build on Jenkins, every build locally, there is this message, message formatted in really nice colors um, saying, I'm searching for a new job. And I'm like, okay, I'm scared. But so this is yeah, not a not problem. problem. This, if the message changes, no, I'm starving. Please help me. Then you should, you know, uh, <laughs> either support the guy or, or switch the frameworks. I would say. <laughs> yeah, but switch the framework is not that easy. Like you know, so yeah. But I, I don't gain this two different opposite mindset. If you're doing uh, backend and frontend, nobody cares about dependencies in the frontend. Like. Uh, yeah, they don't care in the backend as well, but still they try to get support for the backend. But in the frontend, I, I don't care. One person is building that, so no problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was uh, asked uh, recently for an architecture review of frontend, and this was like larger company, and they wanted to build rebuild the frontend. And uh, it was, mm -hmm. it's partially hardware, hardware involved, so they were interested to build something to choose technology which is stable. And uh, so yep. it should, uh, I think, for 10 years or something, which is a really long time. It's really hard to predict 10 years in the front end. But, but the external company suggested <laughs> Angular. Uh, Angular, of course, right? And I say, okay, this, <laughs> I mean, um, I'm really not sure whether in five years Angular is still around. I mean, what happens if Google, you know, and you know Google Cemetery? This is like the page with dead Google frameworks. So, and I say, okay. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Yeah, um, GWT is there. Uh, uh, Google Cemetery, <laughs> I think. Uh, I will put it to show notes. And um, <laughs> and and uh, the nice thing is also that uh, Angular comes with two releases a year. And I mean, if you have uh, ten years, there are like twenty releases, and uh, you should actually upgrade. Also, nothing. Also, there is no you know new release. And I ask them, what's your strategy? What do you will advise? You know, would you like to upgrade Angular nightly or once a month? Or I mean. And there was actually no answer. I was like, okay, but I mean, the, the idea is here, you know, to, 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 to introduce something which is stable for years. And uh, we have we have at least, you know, a strategy how often we should, you know, check the updates and upgrade on whatever. And um, that, this is interesting, you know, if you, if the, if the deal yeah. is to, to have, to introduce something stable and you introduce a framework, then um, the next question is how often the framework changes and, and the very basic questions and, and they, and they are ignored. Usually, this is what uh, yeah. no one asked that, and yeah. uh, this is exactly what I what I try you know to just to find the parallels in the real world. If you you know build uh, buy a car which uh, strange fuel which is only available <laughs> produced you know by one crazy professor, I would say this is a little bit of risk <laughs> because if the prof dies, you you, you yes. can throw away your car, and uh, this would be a major yeah. risk, you know. And this is even a problem. Yeah. I remember electric cars; there were different plugs. And one Japanese and one European, and if you have the Japanese Chadem or whatever, this was a huge story. But uh, I mean, sometimes the, the the software is really expensive, and no one seems to care. So this is what's uh, what's yeah. what's what's funny, right? Okay, but uh, why why you use the CoreJS? Is this part of React or? I, I think it was part of of React. I I have to admit I I didn't make the setup of React okay. of this React project. Mm -hmm. There was some other guy like. Um, the project started and I said, I don't have an opinion about front-end projects. I just know I don't want uh, Angular. And so he told me, yeah, he <laughs> so can. So you got yeah. React. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. And he told me uh, React is really cool. It's uh, a lot uh, more lightweight than uh, Angular. And I was, okay, that, that sounds great. 
So just start with it. And he was doing all the the heavy lifting with the React part. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course, then he he left this. Uh, he was also a consultant. He left this uh, customer, and I had to do again the maintenance work. And I remember uh, one time I I had to introduce a new route, and I implemented the route. And I was like, yeah, after two hours, I'm finished. But it was blocked, and I couldn't found the the, the part where it was blocked. There was a. a a root a filter or something like this. I, I can't remember. And it was hidden somewhere. The, the place didn't make any sense. And there was filtering for special regex of a name for your root. Mm-hmm. And it blocked my new root. And so I was searching for like one day for this uh, because I searched for like the, the absolute root names. Mm-hmm. But because it was regex, I didn't found it. Mm-hmm. And so I searched one day for this, this filter. So, and then I was again like, oh, okay, I, I don't like React anymore. Okay. Also, but but um, React is more reasonable uh, because what React uh, React at least is is more yeah. stable. There are no 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 breaking changes. At least nothing broke in my case. Yeah. So this was a, a huge I think, huge improvement. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, it's easier to understand, I think, than, yeah. than Angular. Ah, but the, at the, the beginning, system. it looks uh, it it looks uh, more strange because you know you have the mix between. JavaScript and HTML. So if you take yeah, a look on this, this is like J- a J-E- uh, JSX. Yeah, JSX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JSX. Yeah. But so, now we have yeah. something similar. And so what what you are doing right now? What I understood, you have uh, web components with lit HTML, right? Exactly. And uh, the huge benefit is I can extract these web components because the customer has a lot of applications who start who are starting, mm-hmm. and I can extract them and put it in in Nexus and can re- reuse them. And I have the corporate design. And uh, like, question: Are you reusing know. them from yeah. d- directly from Nexus? Um, we, we did a proof of work with one component, and mm-hmm. yeah, we are doing it like in the package uh, JSON. We add the dependency and are using it, but it, at the moment it, it's a work of proof, so it's a poke. So, so we do we something crazier. So what we do is okay. Uh, we have um, so we don't reuse our own components, but what we would like to have sometimes, you know. A set of common components, like let's say, Vadin router sometimes, or Vadin table, or LitHTML itself. Yeah. Uh, and what we do is, you know, RollupJS is like the. Like yeah, I the, use it. I use it by myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. And um, and the with the RollupJS, I just create uh, like an index.js with the entry points, and I'm pointing to whatever I need. And this RollupJS creates for me a single JavaScript file with chunks, so code splitting, which are common. And we put everything in okay. one web server, not into Nexus. So this was my question. And then you can actually just refer to it. So if you are building an you know, app, you can just say, you know, import an URI and you point to your oh, web server. Cool. Yeah, this is really cool because you can, uh, you don't yeah, need so any- I'm- uh-huh. You don't need anything on your machine. Next. You don't need anything on your machine. And in production, uh, the cool story is if uh, we switch to CDN and the URI is stable, so the yeah. browser is able to really well cache the common thing and yeah. um, and what we do with uh, on Jenkins is if uh, one of the dependency changes is okay is it worth to upgrade so we run our build pipeline and you get new version in the URI so we create our own version you know that will be like uh, confirm.ch slash cdn slash zero one slash whatever and then if the version changes so we add zero dot two and we can choose to upgrade or not 
But uh, the cool story is uh, if you, the browser sees the URI and is able to cache the entire framework once for all apps. Oh, that, that's really cool. About, about caching, it was really funny because you're, you're starting with this. Uh, when I started with these web components, of course, every developer was like, you are crazy. You can't do it without framework. And also the performance is really bad. And I was, why? And he was telling me, yeah, you load in every component, you load the same files. And I said, yeah, but they are cached. And he, no, 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 no. He was monitoring also the CPU <laughs> during, during initializing of the app, like really watching by, by, by hand and watching how the CPU consumption and memory consumption are. <laughs> it was like crazy. Okay. And yeah, because of the caching, it, it didn't work. So it, it was always fast and it, it was really hard to convince them. Also, they they always told me it, it's not possible and you can't do it. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was really hard to convince them to, to use it, to start using it. And um, then I, I went away for like one month and in one month and in one project, they, they changed it from uh, web components to, to Angular <laughs> because there was a guy who really liked Angular. And so he changed uh, the, this project to Angular. Then I go to, to my customer and said to him, yeah, I, I don't want to participate in this project anymore. And he told me, yeah, it's, it's no problem. We have a, a lot of other projects, so it's okay. okay. And this project is still not in production. They are still developing. And um, it was really funny because they also told me, yeah, you can't do it with standards because it's not working in, in the old browsers. Mm -hmm. And they changed it to Angular and they had uh, the, the review and they presented the the new app with Angular, and uh, the PO tried to open it, and it it doesn't open because they didn't compile it to this version of the of the browser. So before they uh, started with, with web components, they told me it's impossible because it's not working, mm -hmm. but you still can uh, add polyfills to make it work. Mm -hmm. But with Angular, it didn't work; it didn't even start. But mm -hmm. then it was no problem because Angular is solving all the problems. So. Yeah, it, it was really special. This uh, I, and I don't get this. The, the, why, why they don't want to try it? Because it's also also they tell me there's no routing. I implement routing like with one class, really yeah. simple, like yeah. uh, like you did with with the on hash change. Mm -hmm. They have a look at it and say, ah, oh, but this is boilerplate code. I, I I don't get it, and I have this file with this code, mm -hmm. and I opened the React application and there is the, this file with all the web workers for React. I opened it and I asked him, can you explain me what all these web workers are doing? And he was, no, but I don't have to because that's React, that's the framework. And <laughs> I was there, okay, but if I'm writing these services, they have to understand it fully. And if they don't get any line of code, it's not good because it's written by ourselves. But when React is doing it, it's no. No problem. I they think this is a big difference whether whether you are working for a company as internal developer or if you are external consultant. Because if you are internal developer and you pick Angular, so no one cares because if you are productive, you know, and you can deliver, so you deliver it. But if you are external and you choose, let's say, Angular or the other framework, and something breaks, they will call you again. Usually it happens to me. And I try to help my clients. But if something breaks inside the framework, so I, I, I cannot help them. So this is why I try to avoid GWT, because for me, it was what happens if you know, there is a bug in the Java to JavaScript compiler. And I remember there was yeah. a pro project in Switzerland uh, and uh, a larger one 
And I say, look, uh, if you really would like to use GWT and your larger project, I would at least ask Google, you know, officially, your large company, ask them um, which browsers are supported or what's the strategy. I mean, they, they have to have at least an idea. And uh, the cool story was uh, the response back from Google was uh, there uh, is supported whatever the community supports. Uh, there will be never long-term support. And, um, and they just say, okay, then we cannot use that, right? And uh, GSF was not you know, a funky technology, but at least I knew I could help them. So what, what happens on the server was just, you know, string concatenation. So if something breaks, you know, we will concatenate the string differently and, and, and we are basically set. So this is the huge yeah. difference. Yeah. So, um, so, so for me, it's always the question, you know, what happens if something breaks? Is it actually possible to understand it and, and help the clients or is it mission impossible? So this was this is this was yeah that's, yeah. Th that's the same I I said about the, the the maintenance background of me because I have a lot of yeah. these maintenance projects. If I'm writing new uh, greenfield project, I always think about how easy is this project to maintain? How easy do I find my stuff? And yeah. therefore, the B BCA pattern of view is really great because it's always in the same place, and I see all my views. I also structure my. Uh, ES6 application, my web components, the same way, like uh, business and then going deeper and the, at the leaves, they are the technical ones. Mm -hmm. So th then I think it's really easy to find all this stuff. And a, a lot of consultants don't have the, the, this uh, maintenance uh, background and they just to to make a really generic solution. They I I was in, in, in another project, I think it was with Struts. So it was mm -hmm. an old one mm -hmm. and they did really, really complex, uh, generic solution. Like all the views are, um, um, extend some other view and extend another view. And if I had to insert a button, I can't go to this view and insert a button because then the button was insert somewhere else as well. Mm -hmm. And I have to split up and do all this hard lifting. And I was, wow, the maintenance is really bad. Why are you doing all this generic stuff? And they told me, but it's really cool now. It's all in one place. You don't have duplicate code. Uh, if you split it up, you have duplicate code. But I'm, yeah, but I, I can open the view, add the button, push it, and I'm finished. Now I have to check everything and look for the end-to-end -end test if uh, there is a button somewhere. I don't know. So, yeah, I think that's the, that's the maintenance background. Ab about, you, about generic solutions. So uh, in one project yeah. uh, was... Uh, embedded device and uh, there were problems with the device and there was Java on it and they asked me uh, could you please I, I know I had to to read the serial number I forgot why whether it is for possibly possible for me to write some code which reads the serial number so of course I mean this embedded device Java no problem <laughs> and I just you know hook up the debugger into this and this was like the most generic solution I ever saw it was like <laughs> I expected you know method like get serial number and this was more like a state machine with lots of command patterns calling uh, I, for me i spent i think two days just to call the single method and there was no method <laughs> get serial machine or get serial number it was like crazy of course and, and i told of them to, 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 uh, i'm really sorry i i i, it, I mean i the serial <laughs> number is like this is now you still you know method get serial number and they say, why it took so long, you know, to invoke a get serial number method? Be I was like, because there is no such method, you know. I had to uh, find out how the state <laughs> machine works in, in, inside, and this was a soap 
interface with wrong namespaces or something wrong. I got nulls everywhere. And I say, uh, they, they, they thought, in joke, uh, we thought you know Java now, and it takes two two days to invoke a method. It's like, uh, sorry, but uh, yeah, what I can, what can I say? <laughs> this was the, the worst experience I ever had at my clients, you know. Um, That's really, yeah. Yeah. At another customer, I had the, the problem. They had two applications in parallel, and they are doing really similar things. And they also have similar entities like ABC. Mm -hmm. And in one project, they had ABC as entities. And in the other project, they had D with a type, which was a number for A, B, and C. And <laughs> I was doing like for the first application, a change. I was finished, and he told me I have to apply it to the other service as well. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, no problem. I think half a day and then I'm finished. I was searching for this entity and uh, for like two hours. And then I, I pick up the phone and then I called another developer and I told him, sorry, but can you help me? I, I didn't find th th this entity. And then mm -hmm. he told me, yeah, this uh, we, we made reverse engineering of the code. And then we found, yeah, there is a enum and uh, with, the, with the type of this entity. So... It cool. was really hard. It's really also really hard to 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 make a measurement. How long do you take to 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 fix something? Like exactly. I fixed it in one application, and in the other application is exactly the same. But it took me as long as before because it's totally different of this generic. Yeah, I, yeah. So this was really funny because you started talking about this generic solution. Yeah, generic. Your, you said uh, generic. Then, I immediately remember the project, but this was probably ten years ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah. regarding the BCE, boundary control entity, what I do right now in yeah. a web project, I apply the same thing to uh, to web, and it works perfectly. So boundary are the classes with components. Services, uh, uh, so controls, are services or just uh, classes with functions, which, uh, let's say, you have a button, uh, fetch nails, right, from, from food. So yeah. and you have to go to the server yeah, the, first. Yeah, yeah. Put, put it then, <laughs> then, then there is a service like you know fetch nails, and this in the function what you do first is uh, you would start uh, a Redux function like you know uh, uh, you say Redux dispatch, um, loading started. Then you go with fetch to the server, and then you said uh, loading uh, completed, and then. Um, and the and what happens then is a reducer function will kick in, and the reducer function I put right now to the entity folder, it because it's the data, and this is my this is my basic structure, and it works actually perfectly. So I'm in larger ES6 web components project right now, and it works exactly the same as in backend, and uh, and uh, yeah, and exactly the same structure actually, right? And uh, in backend yeah, we have JaxRS on top level. In front end, we have the app.js on top level, which loads the first component. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, for instance, uh, also to you know, communication with the backend right now in my project is the folder called storage um, or store. So I just wanted to tell you okay. that the BCE also actually works perfectly in the front end. Yeah, yeah and you, you find your stuff really fast. So yeah. that's a, a big benefit. Yeah. yeah. Because, and uh, how I, your uh, web component is looks like? So I assume you have like super component I, abstract I, uh confirm component right C, C <laughs> yeah five five abstract super no, but one is one is reasonable no. no kidding one is reasonable yeah i i have one where yeah. it's making the shadow dom and all this stuff yeah. yeah but then no more just this this single one also i have like that i have my css file who is loaded and i have this loading of the css file because it's not directly 
in the web component itself. So I have this loading of the CSS file, um, also the, the this structure in the in the base component, but just one base component. And and what and what the base component is doing? Um, it, it's creating the shadow DOM mm -hmm. and uh, rendering the. In constructor, I assume. So in constructor, something like this root equals attach shadow, right? So something like this. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Shadow open, and then I have uh, a method um, render where I'm doing the render stuff, and mm -hmm. then I have a method get template, which you have to implement in, in your component, which is the, used for the for the render method. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, there is also the the async call for loading the the CSS file. So the render is happening in the callback of after it loaded the CSS file. Mm -hmm. I had I have almost yeah. the same no, structure no except this, this get templates is called view. And I don't have render because okay. uh, the lit HTML is also render, and I do the render yeah, in the superclass. So uh, in my Airhex component or whatever the name is, I have uh, the method uh, view changed, and what view changed yeah. does is render this HTML to this root shadow root. So it renders itself into root. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have to do it because of the loading of the CSS file. Mm -hmm. And what I'm experimenting yeah. with, but it works great. I think the experiment is done. What you can do in the constructor, you can say this state equals store get state from Redux. So you can uh, you can uh, maintain this state from Redux there. And uh, I was wrong. I have just this state, which is not the Redux state. And I have one method called extract state. And what you can do, you can specify on which part of the tree you are interested. Because Redux is like a singleton with you know, a, a tree-like structure with lots of slots. Yeah. And every component can decide yeah. in which slot is interested in. And, and I think what happens right now is, I'm observing this, so if you have, let's say, a, a, a JavaScript object with, you know, uh, let's say, uh, client, order, shopping cart, and uh, whatever, this is the objects inside the singleton. So for each slot, yeah. you get a folder in the BCE structure with the same name. So it fits fairly well. And uh, so what it means is so I have I have in shopping folder a shopping you know a JSON slot in the Redux store okay. and this is one to one match yep. and um, the super component says you know extract state and I'm only interested in shopping and uh, this works so far well there are always a little uh, exceptions from the rule but this is the basic structure and it works as well as in backend and um, so yeah. with that structure what happens is. Uh, that uh, if something changes in the Redux store, the view method is called and the component is re-rendered and the view method looks like the old React render method. So for me, I, I would say my code looks almost identical to React. Yeah, I, uh, when you talk about the state, I just remembered um, uh, React, yeah. So I, I have to look it up for, like you told me, for the my logging problem, Redux will solve it. So yeah, I will look it up and uh, look at your examples. Earlier, you talked about the uh, problematic with the dependencies in front end. Mm -hmm. And what I have done with my uh, customers is uh, I doing all these vulnerability checks. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard for the developer to introduce new dependencies mm -hmm. because I think every every uh, NPM library has their uh, vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And so my pipeline breaks if there is any vulnerability in the in the npm file mm -hmm. and i do it with audit.js mm -hmm. and and every commit audit.js is running uh, on package json as well as package log json that mm -hmm. all the 
recursive dependencies are checked. And so it's really hard for the developer to introduce useless libraries. So, so it seems like you're the, the, the uh, most popular guy in the whole team, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, Everybody loves me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, the, this was really funny because I was the, the first um, consultant there in the development um, space because they started develop development like uh, trying DevOps the right way. And so the more uh, consultants are coming uh, to join us and they started new projects. And one guy um, started making the back end. And he was doing a lot of backend stuff. It was really useless, like DAOs, DTOs, and all this stuff. And I saw it, and I was laughing really hard. <laughs> and I said, I delete all, all your stuff. Mm -hmm. And he, he took it really personal. And okay. yeah, I don't, he, I don't think he liked me anymore. <laughs> then he gets really angry and told me, why didn't you tell me before? And I told him, like, I was here before. You, you had uh, uh, the... The contract of him was doing a new application based on my application. So uh -huh. he just could copy it, but he tried to implement it by himself. And I was telling him this and he was telling me, yeah, but you are not every day here. But I was every week, at least one day there. And I told him, this code you write, you write it weeks. That's not one day you write all this code. So yeah, I'm, yeah, not everybody, not every developer likes me <laughs> at the project, but it's okay. It was um, regarding the DAOs, DTOs, and whatever. So I asked a question at Airhex TV. This is the show, the monthly YouTube stuff. And uh, what uh, I got a response from one of the uh, viewers, and they pointed me to a Red Hat project where they found. And the Red Hat project had exactly the same structure. There was always service, DTO, and uh, whatever. So all, uh, pointless names just. And they said, yeah, usually what happens, the developers find, you know, a template somewhere and they just copy it over and then they start coding. And, um, yeah, they, uh, but, but, but this is really, if you think about this, actually, there was never a pattern in a book or conferences about that, right? So that you should, you have one folder and in the folder you have like model, service, DTO, DAO. It is like, you know, unspoken wisdom somewhere in the corner. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and it just appears. Yeah. And I ask, you know, how, how you got this structure and I never got the answer. And and then what happens then, I, you get the, all DAOs in one folder, all things in one folder. It's like, what are you doing this? Because yeah, it's really hard. Technically. Yeah, yeah. why? <laughs> and I say, why not? Why not? Because it's easier to find. It's like, look, if you have 2,000 DAOs, this is no more easy to find. We need a Google in a project. I mean, this is, and this, you know. Yeah, also. Contradicts. Also, I I always tell them them yeah, and it's really, they, I, I know these uh, projects as well. Like <laughs> everything is technical. All DAOs are there, and they always tell me it's easier to find. And I say no, but think about it. The customer is coming and say I need a view similar to this view. Make this view again, and then you have to search everywhere for the the parts you need. If you have the business use case, this view, you copy the folder with your free classes in it. And then you are finished. You have yeah. every every class you need. But now you have to search everywhere. And there are no, but it's really hard to find. And no, if you start with a new project, you normally see your, your front end. You see view ABC. And then if you go to your implementation, you see ABC. And the customer is telling me, make something similar to B. I copy B, adapt it, and I'm finished. So it's, it's really simple. And yeah, I, I never got this point of this technical structure. And I'm doing a lot of pair programming. And when I watch them pair programming, they 
always search globally. They never open a, a, a folder. They always search globally. They know how the, the class is named and they search always globally, never going through the structure. Ah, so, yeah. this would explain because then you say, okay, if yeah, you remember the class names, then the folders yeah. don't, don't, okay. No, they this. never use the folders. I, I'm doing a lot of programming and then I saw it. They always search globally. Ctrl Shift N in IntelliJ and then you can search globally for, for your file. But uh, yeah. what happens, I uh, attended a conference and, and, and prior to me, there was a Spring guy and he, uh, I forgot his name, but he introduced a concept called Modulith. And I watched that. Mm -hmm. And the first 15 minutes was almost like BCE structure. So it was completely okay. different. So it was reasonable. So they started at least, you know, with business names. And and then it's, yeah. it started to be different. So they... They 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 had uh, subfolders with impulse and and interfaces or whatever. So at this point I I I, I, I ignored. But the f the first fifteen minutes were great. It's like oh this is actually almost what we are doing in Jakarta e or MicroProfiler. Then then it but uh, so it seems like it the new structure. Turn. Yeah, the new structure could be more reasonable. So hopefully they do a template. But the problem is you cannot do a template, right? You know what? This is the problem. There is no template because in order to do a template you need names which are not to bound business. to business exactly and yeah. if i but i can always give you a a technical template because hopefully every project has a dao dt or whatever this is the reason <laughs> this is the reason yeah. why i get a and stupid so, structure because yeah. you can copy a pointless project you know feel yeah. whatever and you have to to because if i would give you a business template it would be insurance bound you couldn't use it no in automotive yeah. project let's say this is the reason actually it is impossible yeah. to create template for BC structure. Yeah, you you need to know the business. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the point. Huh? Yeah, this but, is the but solution. But I don't get with the yeah with this all DAO DTO generation. I'm I, I did I was really lazy though. I don't know all the patterns as well. But even if I look at at, at the files, like I have a, a a DAO and I look like there is merge, entity manager merge. Uh, by criteria, entity manager by criteria. A at least then I start thinking about it. Do I'm really the right thing? Because I'm doing nothing in this class. I just redirect it to entity manager. Yeah, but this and explains everything. Even you know, if, if you if, don't know, if you have a DAO folder, no. you have to put some DAOs in it. Otherwise, it is empty. You know. Yeah, but uh, when you start <laughs> copying all the things or yeah, all yeah. the the details, you always do all all. You always have to copy all the stuff. Now, what happens then uh, is you then see, okay, this is stupid work. Then I add some Lombok to it, so it's a little bit easier. <laughs> or automation. <laughs> automation, code, exactly. Code generation. Code to, generation. To back back to the front end. So you have your uh, confirm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was interesting stuff. Yeah. But confirm confirm component. So then inherit from that. You have uh, you said get template and yep. render. And do you have set? Are yeah. you using custom events? Yeah, always. Uh, the, that's the. I think that's the special about these components. Uh, nearly every component has uh, on update or on change, and then you can put a name on this uh, the, for the custom event name, and then you can listen if this component is changing. So the communication is strictly by by events. Right, and cool. uh, I also also implemented that because the. Uh, the sending of custom events with the bubbles was too hard for the developers. Mm -hmm. So I implemented the polyfill send and you can um, call send with uh, the name and the payload. So yeah. then it's really easy for, for the developers to use it. Yeah. 
Okay. And uh, yeah, normally all the components have like on update, on change, and uh, yeah, hooks like this. Yeah. Then you can attach to these, and these events. Which external component you are using? Using something from Vadin or SAP? Ah, or... Yeah, we, we are using se semantic UI. Okay. Because it's hardly based on CSS. So I use the components and I throw away all the, the JavaScript stuff because I think it's based on, on jQuery. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just use the CSS. And uh, also really nice about the um, semantic UI, you can have the CSS files for every component uh, separately. So if I have my custom uh, button for my customer, I can just use the CSS for the button, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that great at uh, doing CSS and designing. No. <laughs> it doesn't look this well, but uh, therefore uh, people are helping me mm -hmm. to make it look nice. So, and also what's really nice, uh, even if you have Shadow DOM, you can um, define primary and secondary color bars, and then you can define primary color and secondary color bars uh, globally, and mm -hmm. every web component uh, applies the, the new color. I started with with, with like a, an attribute where you can define on every component the uh, primary color, but then I recognized I, I can use the even if I have Shadow DOM the uh, CSS bars inside mm -hmm. the Shadow DOM. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know this, so mm -hmm. it was per accident when I missed it. So I deleted all the the pass through of the the colors, and now I can uh, change the every web component even if it's uh, Shadow DOM and separately. With uh, primary and secondary color, mm -hmm. yeah. What uh, I am nice. also experimenting with is in the BC structure. Uh, if I need a CSS specific file for a component, I put it to uh, on the component package level. So if I have component package shopping and there is boundary control entity, yeah. you can put in the root the CSS file, and then you can actually load this CS fi CSS file with at import and import URL and specify yeah. the yeah, and this is where you get you know uh, the locality. So if I'm working on a element shopping cart, so I have shopping yeah. cart CSS, so th there's everything in one place. But I can decide whether I will load this CSS into a shadow root or in a global level. So I can do import on shadow root or global level. Both is working. No, oh, that's that's cool. That's yeah, cool. and the uh, CSS properties. Um, I'm also working with it, but they are a global level right now on body or asterisk level. So I define all the properties. And uh, what's also cool, you can you can set the vars, the properties with JavaScript. So um, it's also possible to modify the properties via JavaScript via an API. So I have to say the, the, the whole web standard thing is really is, 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 is really cool in the sense of, you know, it won't disappear in, in a few weeks or will be changed. And it's really powerful. And you're learning this yeah. for life. So you don't, you know, have to relearn this thing uh, after, you know, some Angular developer changed mind over weekends or, or uh, it cannot happen. So I have to, a few developers have to change <laughs> to change mind over weekend because there are three or four major committers. And uh, yeah, so th this is what, what what I like. So this is really powerful and, and you can find things out. And, yeah. and, and in worst case, you can still do Angular, React or Vue. But you will understand, you know, exactly. the, the the foundation way better because uh, they will have to use the same stuff. So it's impossible in browser to be different, except you are rendering everything to canvas, right? Yeah, and I, I can use uh, my web components in Angular and React as well. Yeah, I, I never tried it, but I read about it, and so so we when tried. I was it. presenting this. So we tried. Ah, we perfect. had to do this uh, say... several times perfect. because because a migration project, right? So uh, I get a uh, lots of requests ah, okay. to migrating away from Angular right now. 
and uh, you cannot yeah. just throw away Angular code. So what usually we're doing is the app shell remains as it is, and the new stuff is built with web components and calling from Angular to web components, not a problem. And calling back, it depends okay. what you would like to achieve. So there's several hacks we can do, but this works actually flawlessly. Okay. No problem. Oh, perfect. And with because React, it's a little bit harder, I... little bit harder, but okay. uh, but uh, it also works. So it's no, no problem at all. But uh, okay. no, deleting, uh, replacing Angular with web components works great and is actually fun. Great. Because the, the, the reason is my, my customer asked me or, or tell me I, I presented him the solution. And of course, he talked with the other consultant and developers as well. And they told him, yeah, this crazy guy, Rob, he's doing all this native stuff and uh, I, I don't get it and it's really hard. And so I could uh, tell the, the customer, yeah, but it's no problem. If you still have your Angular and React projects, you can reuse these web components in, in, in your project as well. So uh, yeah. you don't, uh, yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So then he was, okay, let's do it. And um, yeah, no more problems. Yeah, and uh, uh, there's also Angular elements, which were you, Ang Angular creates web components. So this is also possible. But this you can... Yeah, I read about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, even we in one AngularJS project, in one project, we uh, introduced web components. And back then, uh, if you look at AngularJS code, so at the end of the day, what you can always do, you can specify global variables, you know, and communicate via the variables. It's a hack, but this is a temporary hack uh, until uh, Angular completely disappears. So you can always find something yeah. in, in the browser. Yeah. Uh, no problem. And by the way, uh, about craziness. Yeah. In one project, so I ex explained, you know, no frameworks and uh, just web standards, and they, everyone was excited. Like, yeah, yeah, we're doing this, and and then they show, they presented me the solution, and they say we are even better than you. It's like why? It's like yeah, because we didn't use web components. We implemented everything by ourselves. It's like what? And I take a look, and they really they <laughs> just use you know, they just use JavaScript classes, and they they created everything from scratch. And it's like probably you went too far. I mean, it's like a web components is just in browser. <laughs> just use them. And they no, we don't need web components. It's hard to understand. We have our own components. Like okay, this is don't tell anyone. What's, this what's was my point? idea. This was. <laughs> <laughs> just so you, just apply the pattern of uh, not using any yeah. any dependencies. Yeah. Oh, I think web components are dependencies. Yeah, so exactly. I get rid of it, so I, I'm I'm even more lean. But yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is uh, just but applying it was the pattern. <laughs> still understandable, but no more productive. So uh, they were not yeah. Up, yeah that that was the problem. So and what yeah. And, and they they used to know directly this in a in a text and uh, and and they said, okay, this is not not nice. <laughs> Okay, thank you. You can do um, this, but uh, why? <laughs> yeah. So we have yeah, to go. Thank you. So where, where people can yeah. find you again? So just go over confirm.ch, um, right? CH, confirm CH. And we, we are doing a redesign of the application, so uh, of the website. So, uh, But there is still the, the website. And also on Twitter, uh, Brem Robert. And there is no confirm CH on Twitter. No, uh, I think there is. Yeah, of course there is on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Also, there is confirmed CH on Twitter. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. So then, see you next year. Yeah. See you next year. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>